See what else I have to, uh, man, we had a great time this morning, didn't we? It was so awesome. How many of you remember that? We were talking about that, that gentleness, but that strength of a gentle response uh, and not being brutal. And so number one, we do what? We do anger well, right? We do anger well. Number two, we forgive all. We forgive all. Don't hang on to anything. Then we respond. We respond when we're provoked. We respond well when we're provoked. Praise the Lord. Isn't that good? And then we get a tough skin without getting a hard heart. And then, super important, we have to become resistant to offense. Offense resistant. That's awesome. Amen. So there's five things. Just put them down, write them down, continue to meditate on them throughout the week, and uh, it'll bless your life. It's just right in track with what's God telling us. So this week, as we've been talking about focus, uh, I just encourage you, focus on those five things this week. When you get up in your, your devotion time, whatever, focus on those things. Let those things come to remembrance. Even go online, watch the message again, get those things down in your heart. There's so much even more to the messages, so I encourage you to meditate on those. Praise the Lord. Um, if you'll remember a couple Sunday nights ago, uh, Pastor Jonathan talked about uh, remembrance, and he talked about testimony. And the testimony of the Lord remains forever. And uh, just he was talking about that testimony that God will do it again, and he'll do it again. And so we're so honored. I don't know why I have this whistle when I'm with my S's, my S's. but uh, <laughs> uh, we are, we're just, we're privileged. We're, uh, every year we're privileged when our board is here. But I, I've just been so excited about uh, today, Pastor Marshall being here. We've been praying concerning these meetings. We've been praying for those things. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, we didn't know if Pastor Craig was going to be here throughout the end of the year and beginning of this year. Uh, but we were counting on it and found out he was coming. And we, I was talking to him. He was sharing his testimony um, he shares his testimony, and he makes me cry because uh, it's just so impactful. And so I just, it, I just said, well, come. When you come, uh, share your testimony. And I hadn't talked to Pastor Marshall about it or anything, and I booked that anyway. And so uh, we were very, I, I've just been very excited about it. If you all don't know, Pastor Craig and Sharon pioneered New Creation Church uh, 40 years ago. And uh, unofficially or officially, the best that we could find out, this year, uh, 2021, is the 40th anniversary of New Creation Church. And they came to Glenwood before that, but started New Creation Church. And so uh, I was blessed to come about a year after that and begin uh, to serve here and uh, to serve unto them. And, and uh, God's just developed a, a relationship there that I value. I know Tasha values uh, very, very highly uh, as they've spoken into our life. They babysat me, as you learned a few weeks ago. I learned to like broccoli because Sharon fed it to me almost every single night. And so now I'm blessed and I'm healthy, uh, but they've had such an impact in our life. They've had such an impact uh, in the church. And so uh, tonight we're just, we're privileged really to have Pastor Craig come 
and share with us. He can share whatever's on his heart. But uh, I ask him to share his testimony. I know many of you were praying. You were watching online. We put out the prayer request, and, and you were praying for him. And so as he was telling me that, I thought, man, for us as a church, as you were praying for him to hear what the Lord has done and the impact of it and all the things that, that happened that you may or may not know about. Um, but so impressed. And, you know, I, I tried to give his testimony a number of weeks ago after we talked to him in the hospital. Uh, but I was so impressed with this scripture after we got off of that, that the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily harm and trouble. And just his testimony about the strength of the Holy Spirit in your spirit when things are going not the way that you anticipated. And so I really want you to open up your hearts. I believe God has something to impart, not just to share, not just to hear, but to impart concerning so many things. And so open up your hearts and put your hands together as Pastor Craig comes to share with us tonight. Praise the Lord. Hi. <laughs> I do have something on my heart. Jesus. And uh, I apologize. I don't like it when people use their phone to teach, but... Um, my stuff didn't transfer to my other device. <laughs> so I, if you don't mind, I'm going to use my phone. I have all my pertinent notes. There's not that many notes, but there's some timelines and some things that I wanted to not leave out tonight. Uh, and as all of you know, let me get them so I don't have to get them later. Just hang on. Hey, if you're with your spouse, just... Uh, uh, let me think of something real good for you to do. <laughs> kind of whisper something real sweet in their ear. You know, I think I'm going to do that. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> that didn't help at all. <laughs> I'm still in the same place I was, but I feel a little better. <clears throat> All right. Um, now, let's see here. Okay, there we go. I got it. I got it. I got it. I know you all get nervous. You got somebody teaching that had a stroke and supposedly recovered, um, <laughs> but I was this way before, so... Glory to God. <laughs> oh, that's a long list. Praise the Lord. Well, here's what I have. Really, I feel like the Spirit of God uh, wants me to start this way. Let's pray together first, and then we'll, uh, we'll start off. Father, I thank you so much. <laughs> so much for so many things. It's unbelievable how many things there are to be thankful for. You and I set up many a night not long ago going through the list and I was astounded at how many things I have to be thankful for. People, situations, opportunities that you put in my life. Couldn't have been anybody but you. 
So I, I ask tonight, Father, that as we talk about what's happened to me and what you've done, more importantly, what you've done, that you put this spirit of thankfulness into every person in this room's heart about your working in their life. Bring to their remembrance things they've forgotten about. Point out things that they weren't aware of that your hand was on. I ask you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <clears throat> now, those of you that know me know that I'm not given to emotionalism, but I have been transformed. <laughs> <laughs> and so, <clears throat> I literally cry at almost everything. <clears throat> and the thing that makes me uh, cry the most is when I run into somebody that I have long-term relationship with, and their spirit reaches out to me and mine to them. And uh, I know more about what the Bible teaches now on the other side of this experience that maybe or maybe not I'll share with you and uh, than I did before. You know, when Paul said, my spirit is, gonna, is with you in, in what you're doing and making decisions and so on and so forth, I never understood how that, how, how could... My dentures are loose, too. <laughs> I, ne <laughs> Somebody said, that's not funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm already in trouble. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, we, care, we carry most of who we are in our spirit. It's not our outward appearance. It's our spirit man. And when you, when you contact someone who is spiritual, it's your spirit that really you're contacting if you're a spiritual person. And if it's someone you love, in addition to that, then look out. <clears throat> and so there, I have had so many experiences over the last... Oh, yeah, Sharon's right there. <laughs> And then another thing, you all may disappear at any given time, in my mind anyway. And uh, <clears throat> so if I act like there's nobody here, just shout or something so I'll know you are here. But I may not be able to see you because I have issues. I'll explain about it as we go on. <clears throat> but um, um, what was I saying? This is why I have to come over and talk to Sharon. What? Hmm? No, what was I about to say when I, or what was I saying when I said you disappeared? What'd she say? Oh, yeah. Anyway, you got it. Um, <clears throat> praise the Lord. Uh, so the end of August, we had at, at New Creation in the Salt Lake, we had a, uh, is it all right if I go down here? Some places I can, some places I can't. Um, and um, what did I just say? No, I'm kidding. Uh, at the end of August, we had our annual, we have an annual, and it's changed to uh, three times a year or four. Every quarter, we have a prayer, a week of prayer where we pray every night, um, Monday night through Saturday night for a 
for a particular topic or whatever, but it's been very fruitful. People have, you know, people grow in prayer. You can disciple someone in a prayer meeting because they're, they're pliable to God and uh, they listen to you. I've really chewed people out uh, quite a bit in the prayer meetings. And I know, it's wor- I know that they're being discipled because they come back. And then I apologize to them for chewing them out. And they say, oh, no, I needed that. You were right on. And so it's wonderful. And you can get 10 years of work done in, you know, one week. But, <clears throat> but we, so we're doing that. And uh, somewhere along the line, the Spirit of the Lord said, uh, just keep this prayer meeting going. Uh, and that's happened to the, in this church many times, uh, both here and there and everywhere. Uh, it just seems like we, we, we carry something of God for prayer and particularly for spirit-led prayer because I'll be the first one to know I don't know, or to say that I know <laughs> I don't know everything and I don't understand hardly anything as far as what needs to be prayed about and how how our, how things work how many of you feel like that it's about right about half of you and the rest of you are super smart I understand but uh <clears throat> And so I desperately need the help of the Holy Spirit, especially where doing church is concerned, because I'm, I'm worse at that than I am at anything, just because I don't know. I, wasn't, I didn't have any kind of corporate training. I didn't have any business training. I didn't have any uh, people training. I didn't have any... I went to a training, a Bible training school, and uh, that helped a lot, m- much more by impartation than learning how to do things. I got a great amount of impartation, but I didn't learn a lot about, uh, you know, like things, things that are very, very important, like mind sciences. In fact, not only did I not learn that there, I was encouraged not to even think about that kind of thing there, which is not helpful because that's, your brain is the biggest organ in your body. The, most mis- or the least understood organ in your body is your brain, and it's the most important where you are concerned. I've learned a lot about my brain over the last uh, two months. I've been in therapy. And I'm not, I do not believe in the Amy Winehouse song. Uh, how many of you know what I'm referring to? Amy Winehouse? Ain't going to go to therapy. No, no, no. And then she died. So I didn't want that. But anyway. <laughs> but therapy's awesome. It's helpful. If your doctor wants you to go for therapy for some reason or another, now I'm not necessarily saying all therapy is good. There may be some therapy that's questionable. <laughs> Undoubtedly there is. Uh, but for the most part, <clears throat> it's very helpful because you can find out a thing. You can find out things about yourself that you probably need to know. For instance, my uh, the doctor said initially when I had a stroke. Now I'm not even going to mess with the timeline because it's too difficult to just follow A, B, C, D, E, and F. There's a specific timeline of things that happen. Let me just say this. Uh, Before 
sometime after Thanksgiving and between the uh, 5th of December, I contracted COVID. I didn't know I had it, but I was not feeling well. I thought I had a sinus infection. I didn't have any other symptoms that they were saying Codites have. Covites. I just made that up. <laughs> if you watch the news tonight, it'll probably be on there. But anyway, <clears throat> I didn't have any symptoms. Oh, hi, Marshall. When did you get here? <laughs> I was relieving you. Okay. <laughs> if I don't get Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> and so I got COVID. I didn't know I had it. I thought I might, but I, uh, that's just, I don't have any of the symptoms uh, other than I was tired and I was coughing, not excessively, but a little bit. But I thought it was a sinus thing because I've had those before and that's what it felt like. And lo and behold, that's not what it was. My oxygen uh, level went to 49 so I wasn't thinking straight. And while I was in the oxygen-deprived state of mind, I fell in my bathroom and uh, severely uh, hit my head on the tile, on the tiling of the bathroom. I had, when I, when I got in the hospital, I had a scrape all the way across the side of my head like that where apparently the skin was just scraped off. It was quite ugly. Uh, and everybody told me that. <laughs> and so <clears throat> we called our doctor. He said, you've got to call, you've got to get him to emergency room, uh, the emergency room right now. Call 911. So Sharon did that. She was doing the best she could uh, with what she was doing. She was calling people. And, you know, you all ought to give a round of applause for Sharon because really <laughs> it's unlikely that I would be here way before now if it weren't for Sharon. I mean, she's probably kept me out of more messes than I can care to know about. And uh, she's been awesome. We have, our relationship has been supernaturally enhanced by this experience. In fact, I may not get to this, so let me just say this right now. I would go through this again to have what we have right now. We talk about it frequently, that it wasn't that bad compared to what we've come out with. Not only our relationship is heavenly, but our, our understanding of some things and what God's doing, continuing to do in me uh, I wouldn't trade. It's more valuable uh, than having a normal life. Praise the Lord. So anyway, we, have, we started this prayer meeting, and the Lord uh, started almost, uh, almost immediately said, there's a, there's a, a um, course correction coming to the church. And I had no idea what that was. And so... Uh, That's actually happened later, but anyway, keep that in your pocket. It's an important piece. Uh, be, before that, God spoke to us about uh, the fact that he wanted to do miracles in the church. 
He wanted to heal people. He wanted to do it miraculously. He wanted miracles in the government. He specifically said to me, I want miracles in the government. Just having what you have is not good enough. You've got to have miracles in the government, local, uh, you know, uh, local, state, uh, federal, all of it. We need a miraculous uh, operation in our government. And I know there it has been, and there is uh, some miraculous uh, occurrences within our government structures, but we need more. God wants to see more. And so he began to talk to us about contending for the miraculous. And we based all this out of Acts chapter, I think it's Acts chapter 3, 31, 30, is that right? It's either 3 or 4, uh, 39, 31, somewhere through there. But anyway, it's when they came back from being threatened not to teach or preach anymore, not to teach or pray in the name of Jesus, and they came back and did that exact thing. And uh, they were told not to, and they did what they were told not to do. And so uh, they came back, and they prayed this prayer, God, we would like to have miracles, signs, and wonders, and would you stretch forth in the name of your mighty son, Jesus, your hand to heal. And so that gives me permission uh, in this age in which we live to ask God for, the mirac for miracle signs and wonders, for healings, for uh, all that is associated with that event in the book of Acts. It includes increase, it includes healing for our bodies and all that that's, that's represented there. So we began to ask for that. And one day I, I uh, said this, and you do realize, don't you, that in order to have a miracle, you're going to have to have someone that needs a miracle. And I was so caught up in that moment, and I, and I wasn't feeling that great, and so uh, I, didn't, I had no idea what was going on. I, this, I was not doing this. I was doing it more of, uh, I was serious, and, and God took me seriously, uh, but I made this statement, said, I would be willing to do that. I'm not going to say that again. <laughs> now, I do believe, I, it's hard for me to say this, but it's true. I do believe that that whole thing was inspired by this Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't think he wanted me to go through what I went through. But since I volunteered, he allowed me to do it. Now, I didn't know I was volunteering at the time. But I do know this, and this may sound, when you, when you hear some of the stuff that I have had wrong with me, you may say this doesn't make any sense. But literally, and Sharon, we've talked about it many times, she'll agree, she'll say the same thing. It was not that bad to almost die several times, to have covid to have a minor heart attack, which caused a stroke. We're guessing at a lot of this, because it all happened one right after the other, but we, you know, we're not doctors or scientists. We don't know exactly why or how. But a uh, minor heart attack, uh, had a stroke, and the stroke was in my occipital, occipital lobe on my right side, which is where your vision connects your, your uh, you know, the... The wire, I'm just going to use simplistic terms, the wire for your eyes goes into that lobe and the information from the brain interacts with it and causes what your eyes see to be understood. You understand? Then yours is working. 
Uh, but the wires got crossed. <laughs> That's what happened to my case. I said that. A doctor was telling me, you've got a, in you know, layman's terms, he said, you've got a wire coming from your brain and one that's coming from your eyes. And I said, don't tell me the stream's crossed. Think, think, think hard. Ghostbusters, who are you going to call? And the doctor said, oh, that's good. I'm glad you said that because that shows you're not totally gone yet. <laughs> I, I was so encouraged. <laughs> yet. But that was the, the stroke hit that part of my brain and did some damage there. But thank God, and, and I don't honestly know what all I was healed of and when I was healed of it, but there is no question I've been healed of multiple things because we found out way after the fact that my, uh, that my uh, kidney levels were off the chart as far as functionality. And then my, what's the other one? Liver was off the chart as far as, far as functionality. The one, one of the uh, doctors said you were experiencing liver and kidney failure. So, there, devil, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And, and, and while I was out, and I'm, I'm going to explain this to you right now, and then I won't explain it again. I, apparently, I was in the spirit for a good chunk of the time uh, for about, uh, are we thinking about a month? Right. About eight days. And then other times when I, when I had the stroke, then there was, uh, right, okay, so in that time. So there were, there were chunks of time where I was totally out. I wasn't conscious for one thing. In fact, they gave me drugs to make me, uh, to sedate me, not to not to put me on a, in a coma or anything, but just to sedate me because I was getting anxious because I couldn't get a hold of Sharon. I hadn't seen Sharon from the time they took me away in the uh, on the gurney in the ambulance from our house and took me to what, in my mind, was some god awful hellhole. Um, just in my mind, um, it was just god awful. That's all. Um, I didn't see Sharon. Had no contact with her. I didn't know what was going on. I was not alert or or conscious for much of that time, and so in that time, God was keeping me. I was aware of Him. I was aware of Jesus. I was aware of the Holy Spirit, but I was not aware of anything else. There was no devils around, and there weren't any even near. Now, was this demonically inspired? Totally. I, in fact, I will tell you this. One thing very early on in my experience, the Lord revealed to me that COVID is a demonic device. It is demonic. It is inspired by the devil. And I'll give you this for what it's worth. I feel like the Lord told me this in one of these times of being in the spirit. I don't know any other way to, to, um, to entitle it. That's a biblical way to entitle it, so I'll just use that. Whether in the body or out of the body, I know not, as Paul said. I, d I didn't know. There, I have memories where I was perfectly awake and aware, and I could tell you a story about what happened that apparently didn't happen. So, uh, <clears throat> it's a little bit crazy. 
Not me, the situation. But I will tell you this about COVID. I feel like the Lord said this to me, that it was humanly engineered, but what it was, it was a mistake. It wasn't done maliciously to do what it's doing. That was never the intent. It was simply an experiment of some sort done by humans, and its release was purely accidental. You can take it for what it's worth. I'm not, I'm not in the CIA. I don't know any CIA agents. I'm not, I'm not with the uh, Mossad. I don't know any Mossad agents. I just know Jesus. And I feel like that's what either he or the Holy Spirit, I'm a little un, unclear on some of these who said what to me. Uh, but <clears throat> that's what I heard. But it is demonic. You can take that to the bank. When I, when I knew that I had it um, and was being taken by ambulance to the emergency room, uh, I was trying to think right. And I had this experience that the disease would not let me think how I wanted to think. I was trying to think of verses. I was trying to think of, of prayers to pray. I was trying to think of how to get a hold of Sharon. Uh, and I, it wouldn't let me. Now, if I, if I started thinking about being uh, on a ventilator, think about that all you want. And all of a sudden, I had this realization, this is demonic. And I immediately started praying in tongues because I, I just could not get to the scriptures. I couldn't remember any. That didn't last very long, trust me. <laughs> so I just started praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, the Lord said to me about, I think it was about three years ago, he said, you, your church, and all the churches should put more emphasis on the ministry of the Holy Spirit, who he is, what he does, and particularly on the value of praying with other tongues. Now, er, you all that know me know that I've always valued tongues. I've always valued praying with tongues. I've always valued the, uh, the experience and the manifestations and everything because it's biblical and it's something that the church needs to be uh, uh, passionately embracing. And I'm going to tell you another reason why in just a minute. And so when he told us that, we begin to make a, we begin to make a very strong push uh, towards speaking more in tongues in our prayer meetings and less in English and just trusting the Lord that he knows better how to pray through us than we know how to pray. And particularly around the political stuff that was happening back then, the last year, uh, I just felt like I don't think, I think some of these prayers are just intellectually garbage. Pardon me for calling maybe your prayers garbage, but that's how I feel about it. Our, our prayers, we have to take our prayers seriously, and they have to be, if they're not scriptural, biblically based, then we shouldn't be praying just things we think about. Because that leads to prayers of fear, prayers of unbelief, prayers of, uh, and quite frankly, you can engage in witchcraft in that if you start praying that God does something for, to somebody. So we don't want that. 
We want what God wants, and what God wants, He gives us primarily by His Spirit. So that's why we emphasize the, the Holy Spirit. That's why your pastors emphasize the Holy Spirit. They know the value of praying in the Spirit. So I started praying in the Spirit, and it was difficult, but I knew that was my lifeline. I had to pray in the Holy Ghost, so I just persevered and, and, and literally um, prayed all the time, as far as I could tell. And Sharon would say that when she was with me, I'd just be laying over in the bed praying. Or One scripture I said almost continuously, and that is Romans 8, 11, uh, that if the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, uh, he makes alive your mortal body by his spirit. So I, uh, I just boiled it down to simplicity. The Holy Spirit's working in me to restore. And I, at the time, I didn't know everything was wrong that was wrong with me, but I'm so glad I knew to send out, uh, and I didn't know how this worked, but I'm about to tell you how it works, to send out advanced troops. Because in this same period of time, the Holy Spirit said to me this. He said, since you got filled with the Holy Spirit at the college and careers uh, retreat in Estes Park at the, at the Bethel Assembly, College and whatever it was called, college and careers retreat. When I was going to church in Burlington, Colorado, and Bill Behrman's uh, church, I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, but Sister Behrman and another, a friend of mine in the church uh, colluded together and conspired uh, a heavenly plot against me that I would go to the college and careers retreat, they would pay for it, and God would fill me with the Spirit at that retreat. That's what happened. Praise the Lord. And so at that retreat, college and careers, how many college and career age? Everybody raise your hand. You could go to college if you wanted to. And you've got a career. So anyway, that's not the demographic that was there. It was young people that were college and thinking about a career or not. They were thinking about, do I want to be a hippie or do I want to have a career? And they were, they were praying that out, I guess. <laughs> So I'm at that, I'm there, and uh, some guy talks about something. I have no idea what he said to this day. But then he all of a sudden shifted gears and said, is there anyone here who wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And my hand just went up. I did not raise my hand. I'm <laughs> telling you the truth before God. And I looked over at my hand, and that's my hand. <laughs> and I tried to put it down. And it would not move. And then it was too late. I heard these words. I see that hand. <laughs> I had been spotted. So it was me and some girl from across the aisle, across the, it was a gym. Somebody over there, another girl. Okay, come down, come down. Why? I knew nothing. I'd never, I'd never seen anything like this. Are you telling me to hurry up? That hurts my heart. Do I? Oh. All right. You're right. You're right. So, can I just finish it quick? 
Okay. One thing I've learned when Sharon says to hurry in a night service, she wants to go home. And this is neither the time nor the place to talk about (laughs) being at home. But it has been spectacular. (laughs) So... These people, these Assembly of God people, no offense to Assembly of God, thank God for them, in fact, gathered around me with literally no, excuse me, no instruction, not a lick, no scriptures, nothing. They assume I know the Bible. They assume I want the Holy Spirit. They assume I've heard something about the Holy Spirit. They assume I'm eager, eager, eager to speak with other tongues. I know not whether there be a Holy Spirit. And so they start out praying. No instruction, just praying. In English, primarily. And then one of them started in some language. And the rest of them caught on to that. And and then I hear, brother, just hold on. Hold on, brother, just hold on. I'm thinking, to the chair? I don't know. I just literally don't know, and I'm not making any of this up. And then the the next thing you know, let go, brother, let go. (laughs) I never grabbed the chair. (laughs) What am I to let go of? I don't know. And this one gal kept speaking in, in what I, you know, we know to be other tongues now, and I heard her and I felt something stirring on the inside of me. And finally, I just, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what she's doing. And I started speaking fluently in other tongues. And the Holy Spirit said, from that time since, you have never stopped speaking in tongues. He didn't tell that whole story like I did. But anyway, I, apparently he had other people to talk to. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he said, from the time you found me, you have been praying in the Spirit. Now, he didn't mean literally all the time, every day, but a, a major portion of my Christian life, I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And he said, let me show you what's been happening for your whole Christian life. And all of a sudden, I saw this unfold before me. Every time I prayed in tongues, it was like a river of mer- mer- mercury. How do you pronounce it? Mercury? Mercury. Would just go out from me out into my future. And I I entitled it the river of life. It wasn't mercury, but it looked like that. But it was living and it just went out into my future. And so the Spirit of God said to me, every time you pray, every time you pray with my utterance and my unction, uh, like you have done many times in your life, if you're not praying for something specific, something else, or I'm not leading you to pray for something else, 
you're praying for yourself, and it's going into your future awaiting your arrival. So let's go back to Romans 8.11. That's about the only scripture I quoted for day upon day upon day, not all day, but when I was conscious. And I suppose I did it when I was unconscious because you can do that. But I would just quote that scripture over and over and over again. I'd say it different ways. I'd say it out of different translations because I knew, and I've taught that, those of you that have heard me teach here, at, you know, when Sharon and I were here, I, I taught this same thing back then. I've always taught this, that the best way to get healed is by accessing the healer that's already on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit is life. It's the spirit of life that's in you, and he's imparting life into us all the time, but when we draw on it, we can draw on extra life. When you got born again, you got the Holy Spirit. The spirit of life came into you. Jesus breathed on, the, breathed on them and, uh, <clears throat> and said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. They got born again then. You know, after he was uh, ascended, or after he uh, resurrected, before he ascended. Praise God. So you contain the source of life. God breathed into, the, into, Adam, into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. That Hebrew word there is the spirit of life. The spirit of God, the spirit of life, has been working with humanity since the day of creation. He is your helper. He is working on your behalf from the inside of you out. Glory to God. And so... I've always wondered in my life, it was like things would work out for us, for Sharon and I, things would work out, and I would, I would think, we must have some powerful prayer uh, team somewhere, and, and we have uh, had powerful pray people praying for us. But there are other things that nobody would even know about, and I know you can pray about things, you don't have to know about everything. But that at, when I saw that, that picture of, of my tongues going out at different points in my future and awaiting my arrival, I realized we had already made the way. And it was God's will, it was God's way, it was God's plan, and that's why it worked out, because he had ordained it to be spoken out in the Spirit. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Now, if you're here tonight and things don't seem to work out for you, every time you turn around, uh, you run into a whatever, a blind boar or something like that. <laughs> That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? All that, all he can do is smell you. <laughs> Can't see you, but I'm coming for you. <laughs> I can't get over that. <clears throat> but if you're always running into one, Pray in tongues, and they won't be able to find you. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm talking about you may be praying in tongues today and affecting as much as 10 years down the road. Yeah, I want to, I want to affect tomorrow. Well, you should have started sooner. <laughs> 
No, I'm not saying you can't affect tomorrow, but it'll be much easier for you going forward if you start doing something today. Amen? Amen. We, here's the thing. We sow so much, can I say this, crappy seed, and it starts coming up. Oh, God, what's going on? With our mouth, we sow it. We say things. We plant seeds. We, we create situations by speaking uh, unwanted realities. Fear-based, shame-based realities. And they, they, they come up in our path. But if you don't do that and you pray in the Spirit, your path's going to be much better. How many of you believe any of that's true? That's the first step. Those that come to God must believe that He is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can come to God by praying with the Spirit. Praise God. I believe that I believe the while there's absolutely incredible uh, uh, what do you call it advantage <coughs> advantage to, to having a prayer language, the biggest advantage is it's going to help your life going forward. You can pray for others. You can get revelation. You can, it helps your relationship with the Lord. It, it, there's so many advantages. They can all be listed, and some I probably don't even know about, I'm sure. But <clears throat> um, one of the biggest ones is you can um, do what I just said. Pray out your future. Pray out your future. Well, doesn't, have my, doesn't God have my future laid out? More or less, he does, but you need to get there. And unless you've had, unless you've had good speaking, good sowing of, of the course of nature, and you haven't been speaking doubt and unbelief, you haven't been speaking fear, you haven't been sh speaking shame and, and uh, you know, ungodly stuff to pollute your path, <clears throat> you're going to, that's why it's so hard. Glory to God. Let me illustrate what I'm saying. I don't know, I don't think I was in heaven. I think I was just in a place where uh, both God and Jesus were, or the Holy Spirit. I, I should say the Holy Spirit uh, and Jesus were. And so I, I came into this place. I, I, well, a lot of it just was not clear to me. I, I wish it was. I wish I saw all the colors and everything that a lot of people say, and I'm not so sure about what they make that up. But, <clears throat> oh, the, excuse me. <laughs> but mine was kind of monochromatic, and so it needed some color. I can understand why they would make it up. Uh, but it was real, that's for sure. And so I realize I'm coming into the presence of deity. And so I begin to think this. I begin to think, how am I going to ask, what did I do wrong? I need, I need to say it eloquently so that I'll get a good answer. That's my think, thought process. I need, to say, I need to have a proper sentence constructed. Yes, this, it, during this time, I literally was dying. Uh, I am, uh, we just talked to a, 
uh, a nurse, a, a, a healthcare professional, uh, before, or Sharon did, I didn't, before we came to church tonight, and, and they, Sharon has access to all of, our, all of my charts from the time I was, took the ambulance ride all the way until I was dismissed. And, and we've heard this from more than one healthcare professional. Uh, when they read the charts and read what the doctor's notes are and the medications, they say, well, you shouldn't be alive. That's really encouraging when you hear that from every healthcare professional you talk to. But it's also very encouraging that you aren't that. <laughs> so I, I'm not a fan of going back and rehearsing all that. Do you want me to come over here for a little while? All right. So I'm not a fan of rehearsing all that because it's really, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Uh, but I have, he has impressed me with the fact that he gets honor uh, when uh, people realize how desperate the situation was. And so this is the time when Sharon began to send out a prayer request, and you all got the, the updates and the prayer requests, uh, many of them at one point in time, many of them very quickly. Well, you're the one that interrupted me. <laughs> Which part? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, do you want me to finish that first part? I think you do. So, I get up there, and it's either God or the, or I mean, it's either Jesus or the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm, I've got this question in my mind. And so, I'm just thinking about it, and I'm walking up there, and I'm about to ask the question. The question was, what did I do wrong? And before the question could come out of my mouth, they said, we don't speak that language here. No shame, no regret, no, no uh, performance-based, can I get in if I give extra tithe mentality. Praise the Lord. We don't speak that language up here. And so I realized I was dealing with improper thinking. And as I went on through my experience, am I doing it right now? Because I feel like I interrupted another story to finish that story. Yes. Yes. We talked to uh, Mark and Tasha I guess you did, early on. And Tasha said in their prayer group, they got from, Ephesians, or from uh, uh, Isaiah somewhere, where? 45, I don't know the verse. I mean, I can't quote it. I know it's, but they said the chains were broken. And they saw a large, um, just explain what you saw. When Mark and I were praying um, at our house, we saw that it was like a big shipyard yeah, chain that's what it was. that holds those big anchors and that those chains, the chain of events that the enemy had set in motion with COVID 
and how it just kept going into another thing and another thing and another thing had to be broken. And it was just like those chains that seemed so strong and, you know, like they would never be broken. But the Lord said that he broke those yes. chains of iron. Yes. And he broke them and brought yes. the freedom. And so the chain of events was Yes, broken. that's right. And that was absolutely dead on or alive on, however you want to look at it. <laughs> because the Lord said to me uh, shortly after that time, but before everything was over, that I have done more for you than you or the doctors know. And so when he, when I, I believe that when the prayers, and that's what I want to get to next, I want to, this is like my thank you for praying tour, stop one. <laughs> but I want to thank you all for praying because at one time I experienced your prayers. I was just, I was in the heavenlies and I was watching this cloud come at me and I'm going, oh, now what? But it was really beautiful. And it was like, you know, when you're a kid and you see a big cumulus cloud on a summer day up in the sky and you want to just go lay on it because you don't know it's water vapor. You think it's uh, spun yarn or something, you know. Uh, but you want to go lay on it because it's a big fluffy. Oh, that would just be so cool. Uh, that's what it looked like. And then it would come at me and it would hit me and it would kind of jar me a little bit. Now, what is going on? It wasn't. There was no fear attached to it or anything. It just, I didn't know what it was. And then it would back off a little bit and then come again. But rather than jar me and, and nudge me, it would envelop me. And all of a sudden, I was aware of, at different times of different people praying. I was aware of you all praying, Mark and Tasha praying, and some of you in the church, others at our church, others of, of people that I hadn't had anything to do with for, for a long time, Marshall and Cindy. Not that we had anything to do with him for a long time. <laughs> I don't mean to infer that at all, but <clears throat> I could tell people were praying. And it would end up envelop me, and I would just go, oh, and everything would be fine. And then it would subside, and I'd realize I'm still in the, I don't know where I am, but this isn't fine, but I, some good has been accomplished. And so the... The chain of events had to do with many things, but one thing that's very uh, powerful that I believe that, that, that it broke was the chain of events that COVID put into motion because it was uh, COVID that caused my oxygen rate to be so low, which led to a, uh, a minor heart attack, which led to a stroke, which led to... Yeah, and because I had low uh, oxygen rate, then I bunk smashed my head on the tile. And um, anyway, it's just a big mess. It's horrible. But the prayers of the saints sustained me. God enveloped me through that process. I mean, it was the prayers. And because of the prayers, he was enveloping me. So I, I was not... Uh, and, and one of the reasons I can't remember, I literally can't remember anything specifically as far as what happened where or when. I know, I know specifically communication with the Lord, but I have some memories of being in the ambulance and some things that I think happened that perhaps didn't happen. And, uh, but that's because uh, the prayers were working 
and God was sustaining me. He was protecting me from the trauma of those events uh, that were a part of the chain started by COVID, which is demonic. Amen? So thank you. My wife and I and our church, thank you uh, for praying. We've had any number of testimonies come in. One friend of mine that uh, I haven't seen for quite a while, a guy that used to be in our church, he said, oh, Pastor Craig, I, I just got to tell you this. I was walking in the woods. This is, I, I, was, I was already back home and back at work a little bit. But he, uh, he said, I was walking in the woods back in December, and the Lord just arrested me. He said, I want you to pray for Pastor Craig right now. And he said, okay, I'll go get in my pickup. And he started to go and to get in his pickup. Why you need to be in a pickup to pray, I'm not sure. But he started to go, and, and the Spirit of God said to him, I said, pray now. And he just got on his knees right in, on the, in the forest on a bunch of leaves and started praying for me. And we've gotten so many reports like that, and they all correspond exactly with something that was going on. Just phenomenal. Thank God. Thank God. You need to have a big Christian community around you because when your day of trouble comes, you will have unbelievable supernatural support. It's one of the most important reasons to be along and to be a connected part of a local church because the prayer support that you'll probably need someday will see you through, may, uh, uh, you know, contribute to the saving of your life. It'll for sure make things better. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to I uh, communicate one more thing, and then I'll, we'll see where we go, but just one more story. It won't take long. I won't interrupt myself, and if none of you interrupt me, it'll be pretty quick. <laughs> <clears throat> Oh, that's another thing. I'll interrupt myself. <laughs> One of the most powerful things that happened to me when I began to be, well, I began to have visitors. I couldn't have any visitors for the longest time. And then Sharon could come, and then they allowed visitors when I was in rehab. But uh, a couple of guys, I'll, I'll give their names. Some of you, well, maybe two or three of you know them. But anyway, Lucas and Bill Kendrick came to see me. And Bill Kendrick's a great big tall guy, and he'd had a massive stroke recently three years ago, and could he really helped me by telling me that he couldn't do rehab, and he wished he would have. <laughs> but that really helped me because I knew I need to. So I, I set myself to do it, and it, did, it has really helped me enormously. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to get back to that. I may have to come back and do part two. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's mean, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, they got me to laughing, and I got a major dose of healing just laughing, yeah. just laughing, because it was good spiritual camaraderie. I mean, we were laughing about things that, you know, God and Jesus might be talking about, and they'd tell each other a joke, and so it, would just, it just got hilarious. Sharon and I have talked about that. You, you think they tell, you know, jokes about us? 
Well, not mean ones, but I'm sure they tell, particularly about Marshall, I think there would be some good material there. <laughs> and Brad, don't get to laughing too hard. <laughs> uh, but um, anyway, I, I just say that you've got to know how to laugh in times of trouble. You've got to know how to laugh. If you can't laugh out of your spirit uh, and you can't laugh even out of your head, uh, you got to learn. You just got to learn. And the, and the Holy Spirit will help you to learn how to laugh and when you should laugh. And if you get to laughing and he's helping you, he'll really help you in that regard. Praise the Lord. So a uh, little tidbit for you. Glory to God. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I want to say this because we sang that song. I, forgive me, I'm really bad at remembering lyrics while I'm teaching of songs. But uh, we sang that song about uh, Jesus is, uh, uh, you know, he's the light. What are the lyrics to that? About him being so strong, though. Tremble. You have no idea, most likely, what you're singing. He is so strong. He is holding the world together with the words of his mouth. He is not just, you know, brute strength strong. He is the spiritual rock of our existence. And I'm telling you, unless God says it's time for it to pass away, it will not pass away. It will not suffer global warming. It will not suffer the calamity. It cannot it will not, it shall not, because Jesus' blood was shed so that it won't. And it is so solid, you cannot imagine how solid creation is. And our, what we have to deal with is so solid. It may seem like shifting sand, but it is solid rock upon which we have been built. And you can bank on it because God's in charge of it. And it was at about that time that the Lord Jesus said to me, I want you to tell them I am coming back. And he said it really sternly. He's not joking about him coming. He knows he's coming. He does not know when, but he is coming for us to be our, to be our captain to be our chief shepherd. He is coming, and he's got plans, and you don't want to be on the wrong side of those plans. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know that song, Upon This Rock We Stand? Not shit, not shit. Uh, you got to be careful when you say those words. Not shifting sand. <laughs> Very frightening. <laughs> you, need to, you need to let the Lord, ask the Lord to show you the magnitude of his, uh, of his holding things together. I pray that he does show you. Because it will ever, it will give you so much faith 
my faith in the reality that God's going to get his way is really, really strong. I don't care what happens. I think we ought to elect Oprah, Oprah president. Doesn't make any difference to me because I've seen the strength of God. And it just is like a worm in comparison. Now, don't go out of here and say, Pastor Craig's wanting to vote for Oprah. <laughs> I didn't say that. I, may, I was making a point. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I well, I'm the one that brought it up. I'll carry it on out. I think the church has got in the ditch of political involvement. We're not praying right. We're not thinking right. We're, we're, we're casting our hope on men. We need the right men. There's no doubt about it. We need, we need uh, the wisdom of God in our elected officials. We need ourselves to be involved, not just praying, but be involved in these processes. I know some of you here are, and I commend you for that. Uh, but it's not a hands-off situation. It is our country. We can't stand off at a far and throw rocks at the ones we don't like and not get in the fray. There's callings that need to be yielded to. There's appointments that God have for us that we need to follow through with. And, and you know, it may not be in, in running for office necessarily, but maybe you could get, become friends with somebody who's in office and influence them. I think that's the greatest thing that we could do. Um. I, I found out about a guy in Salt Lake, and I heard he was running for office, and I was immediately impressed to get to know him. And I thought it was for political reasons. And there's some validity to that, and I, I know several political figures in Salt Lake, and I, I'm, uh, I'm not trying to buddy up to them. I'm trying to speak into their lives, wisdom, and whatever else I might have to say. Praise God. But the guy that I wanted to get to know, I ended up getting to know, and we hung out just a little bit. And the next thing you know, he's our family, family doctor because he's also a physician. <laughs> so the reason I, God led me to get to know him was because he was a doctor. There's nothing like having a doctor when the appointment's over and he's, you know, probed, prodded, prodded, what's it, prodded and poked and scoped you and done all that kind of stuff. Then he puts his hands out and says, let's pray. I don't want to pray with you. <laughs> no. You're so, I, we're so grateful to have a man like that. It's awesome. Just absolutely awesome. And he's a good doctor. He's a good man. He's good. He and his wife are wonderful people. And they started coming to the church. Praise God. We're great pastors. It's a great church. I can't wait to get home. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. <clears throat> Am I leaving things out? A lot? Praise the Lord. I want to I pray for some people. I'm, I'm not going to drag this out or anything, but um, why don't you stand up? You've been sitting down for a while. You don't have to stand up, but you can stand up if, you, if you'd like to. 
Praise the Lord. Father, I thank you so much that you are so real. So you are love. And uh, I love the way Pastor Mark prayed. You have shown him your love, and he prays accordingly. I appreciate that. Your love is really what's holding everything together because it's your nature, it's your character, it's who you are. And you've seen fit to love us. You've seen fit to allow us to love well. So, Father, my prayer for for us tonight is that our love would abound. Each individual person in here, their love would abound yet more and more in knowledge, judgment, that we would be sincere, approving things that are excellent, not approving things that are insincere. You know, what am I trying to say? Insincere, yeah. Not partnering with things that are unholy, but our love would be sincere, filled with grace and mercy toward those who are without. A demonstration of our God. This world will never be one without love. It will never be one without a demonstration and an opportunity for the Father to demonstrate how much He loves the unbeliever. That's the whole thing that makes us believers is that His love is compelling to us and we believe in Him. We believe in His goodness. We believe in His Word. We believe in His promises. We believe in His power. Because it is all generated because of love. Thank you, Father. Thank you for causing our love to abound yet more and more. And knowledge and judgment. That we may approve things that are excellent and sincere. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Until the day of Christ. The day of His return. reappearing. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, I know uh, Brother Mark Hankins has been here and he's probably said this to you, but I've taken what he said along these lines to heart and uh, I haven't done it lately as much as I need to and will return to, but there for many, many, many months, I just took all the love scriptures I could find and just began to quote them. Just say them about myself. And I would encourage you to do that. Feed on love. Love is our best weapon against the enemy. Sometimes people say it's faith, but faith works with love. The stronger your love is, the stronger your faith will be. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for making a 
known to us how we can each partner with you in love, partner with who you are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. And Father, to those that we have animosity toward, let us say out of our hearts, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They may be politicians, they may be uh, athletes, they may be demonstrators, they may be rioters, they may be any number of people, may be people in the church. But let us be of the mind of Jesus. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Those that were with Jesus ended up saying the same thing. Philip said it. Forgive them. They know not what they do. And that's the truth. They're inspired by darkness. They can't be expected to know what's right unless love shine into their night. Thank you, Father, for impressing upon the church the need to be an accurate representative of you. And how can we accurately represent you if we don't know you, follow you, listen to you, yield to you, love you? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. How many of you heard during the course of this rambling tonight, uh, the Holy Spirit say something particularly to your heart? Just raise your hand if, if you have received instruction or information or any tidbit of wisdom or whatever. Good, 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 good. That's my prayer, is that during the course of the evening, we hear the voice of the Spirit help us, to help us, to impart to us something we didn't have before, to reveal to us something we didn't know before, to bring to our remembrance something the Lord has said that we've let slip. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> I want to announce to you tonight that because of Jesus' love for me and experiencing the love of the Father, I love my wife more than I thought possible tonight than I did when we got married. And she loves me more 
than she thought possible. And it's all because we have both experienced God's love in a profound way. But you don't have to meet, you know, come face to face with death to experience the love of God. That's not a criteria. Just what I mistakenly volunteered, apparently. But I'm glad I did. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. These, these quiet times, I'm sure you know this, but these quiet times are the time you should be listening to what he has to say to you. Because he's got stuff to say and to do in you. All of us. Doesn't matter if we're the pastor or just got here. It's the same Holy Spirit's helping all of us. Mark and Tasha rely on the Holy Spirit. Marshall and Cindy rely on the Holy Spirit. Sharon and Craig rely on the Holy Spirit. Natalie and Jeremy, I don't know what they rely on. No, they rely on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Even El, even Abby, our little granddaughter, relies on the Holy Spirit. Her mom can ask her a question. What is the Spirit saying to you about it? She will. We should do this, that, or the other. She'll answer right away. Awesome. <laughs> Your daughter's doing a great job with her family. Well, Lord, I'm not getting anything other than you just love everybody. Praise God. Well, this might be a little tricky, but <clears throat> if you're in a position where you just don't see how God could love you because of your past or what somebody's told you or whatever, if you are that person would like you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Because God does love you. God does love you. In fact, you, I, I can't see all the hands. Why don't you just come and come up here? I want to talk to you for a minute, if you wouldn't mind. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but just come down here. Could you do that? Yeah. Praise the Lord. When I was uh, about 26 years old, the Lord started dealing with me uh, to serve him, and I didn't want to. 
because in my mind that meant I would have to go to Africa and be a missionary, which I had no desire to do at that time. And uh, so I just put him, put him off. But then, you can sit down if you'd like. But then I, uh, I prayed a prayer because I was being, I was having an internal struggle about, uh, I knew that there was a spiritual world, but I didn't know who was in charge of it. I didn't know if it was Buddha. I didn't know if it was Hare Krishna or something like that, or if it was Jesus. And so one night in my room, my bed or in my house, I just prayed this prayer. I don't, I don't care who's, who, what the truth is. I just want to know the truth. And I, and in fact, I, in my prayer, I, I wasn't praying to God. I was praying to whoever might be listening. I, I said, if it's Jesus, great. If it's Muhammad, great. If it's Buddha, great. If it's, I named some other gods that I, at the time I knew I've forgotten since. But I just want to know the truth. I didn't know there's a scripture in the Bible that said that if you pray that, you'll get that. But there is. And that night, <clears throat> Jesus appeared to me and touched me at the, on, and stood at the foot of my bed and touched my toes. And I was instantly immersed in his presence and wide awake. But what was more prevalent than all of that was the fact that I knew he loved me. And I knew I didn't deserve his love. I was a drug dealer, druggie. Everything that went with that lifestyle didn't, didn't live a good life as far as, you know, quote unquote, you think you're supposed to. But he loved me regardless. And he, didn't, he just made me know that. And I believe he wants to make you. What's your name? Justin. Jeffrey? Justin. Justin, sorry. Justin, I believe Jesus wants you to know he loves you. And so I don't know what your experience is with him or with anything. It doesn't matter. I just want to pray with you that you know that God loves you, Jesus loves you, the Holy Spirit loves you more than you can imagine. So, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that sometime between now and this time tomorrow evening, you would let Justin know the depth of the Father's love, the Son's love, and your love for Him in a way that He can grasp hold of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You'll love it. You'll love it. Glory to God. What's your name? Jorge. Father, Jorge wants to know that you love him. He's tired of believing the lie, the religious lie, that he has to do this, that, or the other. He has to be a certain way, act a certain way, say a certain thing. I want you to show him, like you showed me, the eternal love that he has for Jorge. He loves you, Jorge. He sent Jesus to pay for your sin, for your sickness, to fully and completely redeem you from all that hell has to offer. Thank you. Have you ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? You, you went away, yeah. You're back now? Good. 
So, Father, show Jorge how much you love him. Between now and tomorrow night at this time, I ask that he have an encounter, whew, glory to God, with your love and consequently with you that will change his life, change his perceptions, change how he feels about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Praise God. All righty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for praying, for being here, for being faithful, and uh, God bless you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. His mercy endures forever and ever and ever. I know every